Welcome to the Herald Express Talker United Yellow Army podcast, brought to you weekly by Guy Henderson and Richard Hughes. We'll be talking about everything that you ever wanted to know about Talker United. Uh, you can find us in the Talker United channel on the Devon Live website, or you can subscribe to us on iTunes. Welcome along, Richard. You've got Jaffa cakes there. I can see because your camera is on and you yeah, have a packet of Jaffa I, cakes. And I, yeah, left I, out. I thought I'd hidden them from you, Guy. I'm sorry. Yeah, I can see. I, this is the all-seeing eye. It's, they, um, they, it was triple boxes for £1.25 in, in, in uh, Tesco yesterday or Sainsbury's when I went up there. So, uh, yeah, you can't yeah. turn that down, can you? Absolutely not. This is the, uh, the packet. It will be empty soon. Slightly different podcast this week in that we haven't had very much football actually happening no. to talk about. But we do, um, the lion's share of this week's podcast is a chat that I had. In fact, I only just came off the phone to him about 10 minutes ago with a very illustrious ex-girl, a gentleman yes. by the name of Bill King, who, uh, who played for Torquay in 1986 and 87. Uh, he will reveal exactly why he played precisely 24 games for Torquay United and not one more. Uh, and we chat about his time at Swindon, at Sheffield Wednesday, at Aston Villa, and a little bit about the game in general. Uh, you're going to enjoy that chat with Phil King. Uh, he's a very nice bloke. He's in very good mood um, and plenty of really interesting things to say. So stay tuned for that. Yeah, looking forward to that. I've listened to a couple of minutes of it while I was preparing to uh, download the file you sent me. And uh, it sounds really interesting, but I shall be hearing it for the first time as well when I listen back to the podcast. Uh, we haven't got Gary this week. For, we had a few technical issues this week, didn't we? Uh, not necessarily technical Gary. issues. It was just a bad line and uh, it wasn't a very long chat. I, I spoke to him before um, we, we officially signed Rob Street. So there's a little bit of it that, that, that I kind of did off the record. I don't mind telling you that and, and, and Gary wouldn't mind telling you that either, um, which then became kind of... Uh, <laughs> pointless really to play after we'd signed Rob Street so um, we'll have a chat with Gary this week about Rod Street, uh, Rob Street uh, or next week I should say and uh, and, and hopefully he may well have played a game for us by then. As everybody says I mean talking about Rob Street we've got the the headlines already written isn't it if he has a decent game on Saturday he's quality street uh, from the word go. Yeah there's um there, there's lots of different angles you could go with it isn't there um yeah the, the, let's let's hope it's not a dead end street. <laughs> he must have been followed right the way through his, his, his brief career so far by these headlines. Yeah. But, uh, hoping we can put a quality street on him. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, this is a good signing, isn't it? Been described, we said on the podcast last week, he's been described as like a young Ian Wright. Everybody seems to rate him pretty highly. And, um, you know, Gary's got him and he's bought into what Gary's doing down here. I'm looking forward to seeing him play. Yeah, he's been training with the club for a week or so, as we expected he had been. Um, I think Gary would have liked to have uh, uh, have announced uh, the signing of, of Mr. Street uh, bef just before, really, um, the the Solihull Moors game. But obviously that was cancelled due to their COVID outbreak. And um, I, I guess he just thought in the end... Uh, uh, Let's let's get it out there. There's no point in keeping keeping it back now. And also, I think he was. They were still just kind of talking to Crystal Palace about terms as well. So, um, 
you know, that's why it didn't come out immediately. But Gary likes to keep his fingers under his hat. And as, as I've said before, that's fine by us. Absolutely. And I mean, with the injury situation that we have uh, playing more at the moment, you're looking at Rob Street probably going straight into the side at Boreham Wood on Saturday. Danny Wright is obviously going to be out for a little while because as, um, as Devon Live readers will know, he's had a hamstring off. Uh, so there's going to be, a, there's a vacancy up front, isn't there? There is, but I would expect Josh Amura to start. I think I think if you if you brought in uh, Rob Street straight away, it would be detrimental to to Josh Amura. Um, I think Rob Street has probably got to prove himself from the bench first before. But bearing in mind he's on loan until the end of the season, so it's a it's a yeah. long loan. So he's got time to prove himself. Um, and obviously, if he proves that he's he's a player that you you have to have in the team because he's doing so well, then he will earn that right to be that player. But I, I would expect, I would expect, but I'm, I'm quite happy to be, quite, quite prepared to be proved wrong again, as I am quite a lot, that um, Josh Amura would start up front because what's he done wrong, really? Nothing. But it's, it's, it's a long time, isn't it? It's 14 days since Torquay played a game, which yeah. seems like an eternity at this time of the season. Lost 2-1 up at Yeovil on January the 2nd. The less said about that one, the better, really. Let's well, we've said on. about it already, haven't we? Yeah. We have FA Trophy at Boreham Wood on Saturday. Um, Boreham Wood, we, a team we've played played them eight times. Yeah. Sorry, tell a lie, we've played them 11 times since we first met them in November 2002. Now, I don't, I don't uh, know if the stats back me up, but I always feel like they're a difficult team to play. Is that right? Uh, correct. Yeah, we've won four, drawn one, and lost six of our encounters yeah, with Boreham. That's surprising in some ways, but um, my memory of games kind of backs me up. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Knocked us out of the FA Trophy a couple of years ago. Uh, we drew one-one with them at Plainmore back in November. Sam Sherring got the goal for us that day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they're they're tough to beat. They are always hard to beat. They're a decent side. It's, it's probably not the tie that they were looking for in the FA Trophy. It's probably not the tie that we were looking for in the FA Trophy. It's going to be tough, that's, this one, isn't it? Yeah, it's one of those ties that no one wants, really, isn't it? You know, you wanted, I don't know how many uh, uh, seven league teams are left in the competition, a couple, I should imagine. You wanted one of them at home, didn't you? Um, yeah. It didn't happen. But, you know, that when have we had a good tie in recent years, Guy? I'm, I'm waiting for the day when we get a good tie. I was talking to... Um, to Dan Clark, our, one of our esteemed Exeter City writers. And he was bemoaning the fact that, 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 that Plymouth will probably go and get a really good tie. Um, isn't it always Plymouth's luck? And I reminded him how many good ties Exeter have had in the last couple of years, which uh, he seemed uh, to have forgotten about. Yeah, I mean, you have to, as we've said before, you have to be in the competition as far as this stage to get the good ties. But yeah, I mean, Exeter have done all right over the years. They've mm. had a couple of uh, pretty Big ones they've games. had, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, there you go. Um, the interesting thing about the Boreham Wood game on Saturday, and thanks to Steve Harris for reminding us of this one on Twitter, Hello, is Steve. Gary's 100th game in charge. Yeah, that's a great stat. Well done, Steve. I'd missed that one. Um it's uh, does it does it feel like a hundred games? I guess it kind of does. It feels about right. He arrived in September two thousand and eighteen. We were fourteenth in National League South at the time, going yeah. in the wrong direction. Um, do you Gary remember? Do you, do you remember? Yeah, the, the, there was there was a little bit of fuss, wasn't there? About oh god, who they're going to get in? Da 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 da. 
Um, some fans were, were predicting gloom and doom, doom and gloom. And then, and then, then boom. everybody had to go, go yeah. have a little sit down, didn't they, when they realised it was going to be Gary Johnson? Yeah, uh, that was, uh, I remember a tweet from Helen Chamberlain. Gary Johnson? <laughs> Yeah, it was a, it was a surprise for a lot of us, wasn't it? I mean, it was a surprise for us. I don't don't mind saying it. It was probably a surprise for Gary, to be honest. You know, <laughs> Paul came, obviously, um, Gaming International showing their ambition to yeah. get Torquay back where they belong, and, um, and, and you know, putting their money where their mouth is. Yeah, and a little bit of what what they what what who you know as well there. So there was a bit of you know a bit of a channel there already, I believe. So you know, perfect for us. Absolutely. The first game we won 2-0 against Hungerford. And uh, interestingly, again, thanks to Steve for this, Gary is the first Talking United manager since Paul Buckle to get to the 100-game mark. Really? In between, Nico got very close. I was going to say, Nico must have been close. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Gary's the first one to get to 100 since Bucks. And so far, 99 games, 58 wins, 12 draws and 29 defeats. So uh, we're, we're comfortably in the, uh, in the debit side. Yeah, aren't we, we are, we are, that. we are, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, hopefully he'll have something to, uh, to celebrate on Saturday. Is the game being streamed, do we know? It should I be. presume it will be. Boreham Wood uh, uh, have been streaming games, so we, we will find out in the next couple of days. Won't, well, not in the next couple of days, we should find out today or tomorrow, I guess. Um, they they announce these things in the last day or so before the game, don't they normally? So um, yeah, there's no reason why it's not not being streamed. And uh, played two players who played for both Alex Davy uh, played for both clubs. So he's been in America for a while. Alex Davy, Tyrone Marsh played for both. Tyrone Marsh uh, always seemed to score against us, didn't he? He did score against us. Yeah, he's um, yeah. You always feel like he will. And Shaquille Colthurst as well. Yeah, um, has played for for Boreham Wood. What a good player he was when yeah. we had him. So, yeah. so uh, expecting a tough game on Saturday. Expecting a decent game as well. It'd be nice to see some football. But yeah, it'd be interesting. Said, sorry, sorry. It'd be interesting to see if there's any any. There won't be any changes, as in players coming back from injury. But it'll be interesting to see what what team he does put out. Um, the Gar Gary Gary does Gary's good at telling you about the injury after it's happened when it's out. But there are a couple of occasions this, this year, and I don't blame him, when we've gone into a game without knowing a player is injured. Um, and, you know, he doesn't, want, he doesn't want the opposition to know that either, so that's why he does it. Um, you don't so, your card before the game, do you? No, no, no. But, um, yeah, we'll be interested. I mean, the injury situation at the moment, obviously Danny Wright is going to be out for some time. Well, it, I don't know whether it was, a, it was just a throwaway not really meaning it line, but he said two to three weeks or several weeks. Is, he said several weeks. Now, to me, several weeks is two to three weeks. Um, I can't see him being... If he's gone on, if he'd had an operation on his hamstring this week, it was supposed to be Tuesday, I think, um, then I can't really see it being several weeks. I, I, I'm more expecting it to be about a month while, while Danny Wright's out. And, of course, Danny Wright isn't a young youngster who can, who can bounce... Who, who, you know, youngster you would expect to bounce back from, from from something like that a bit quicker. I don't know. I'm not a medical man. I've probably said something that's completely wrong there. But, um, you know, so I, t several weeks, I'm not sure, maybe a bit longer. But we've got Rob Street. We have. Uh, Armani Little, there hasn't been any news on him. That we're a little bit concerned no. about. Well, the only news that really Armani Little was the, was the fact that he was 
it wasn't as bad as Wright's injury. Where, where that that was the kind of the noise that was coming out of, of playing more after the, that Yeovil game where they both went off in the first half. Um, he may well have had time to to, to get back to to running and you know yeah. and, and kicking a ball. So. Um, Liam Davis and Andrew Nelson both out for a considerable time yet. Yeah. I I'm beginning to wonder if we'll see either of them this season now. But Ben Winter is close to a return, I guess. Ben Winter is running, um, yeah. and he's about to start kicking. Um, and once he's kicking, then he will need to get match fit. Uh, so we're probably looking at another two or three weeks, if not four with Ben as well but um, that's good news that, that Ben's on, on on the road to recovery Absolutely so uh, the league game wise obviously we get this Boreham Wood game on Saturday that's yep. settled on the day isn't it all the SFA yes. games are yeah. on the there's day. no replays in any competitions at the moment away at Notch County on Saturday week yeah that's a tough one which will be, which will be tough and then home to Sutton on yeah. Tuesday yeah. which I mean, that already looks like a six-pointer, um, just looking at the table. Sutton are one of the teams who are gradually closing the gap to us with the games in hand. Well, they're still, they're, uh, they're still 11 points behind. Um, they didn't play on Tuesday night. They're still 11 points behind Yeah. Um, because they're in third. It's Hartlepool that are eight points behind. Hartlepool played 17. We've played 17, um, unless, unless they've played in the last couple of days, which I don't think they have. Um, I should have checked that out, shouldn't I, really, professional as, as I am. Um, Sutton are the ones with, with games in hand. Even if they win their games in hand, they can't catch us um, we know, we or overtake us. As well, yeah, he does. But he did say this week, and it was in a piece that I, I did for, for the web and the paper, that after watching Sutton draw with Altrincham, or, or not watching... Well, he may well have watched it. To be honest, he may well have done the done the done the the feed, but um, you know, Altrincham equalised in the last minute, two all, I think it was. Um, you can't you, you can't look at the table and go, "Whoa, Sutton are eleven points behind, but they've three three games in hand," and and just give them nine points. You can't do that. They've got to win the games. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Okay, so. Talked about injuries. A few um, of our lone players have um, have been on the move in the last couple of days. And oh, okay. Frank Vincent. Frank Vincent's loan at Scunthorpe is over. He's back at AFC Bournemouth. Can we have him, please? Well, I don't know. You know, you, you kind of wonder if he's back at Bournemouth. Bournemouth are going to be looking at what to do with him. Play him in their under twenty threes. Put him out on loan somewhere else again. Yeah. I'd be more than happy to have him. Oh, back. I think he's a great little player. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Seku Jane's loan at Newport is over. I did wonder because I watched them in the FA Cup and he, he didn't play and I should have checked it out. But yeah, I did wonder why he wasn't playing. And Bailey Cargill, who oh, yeah. under Chris Hargreaves, he's gone from Milton Keynes Dons on loan to Forest Green Rovers. Has he? Another really, really good player. We had him around the same time as we had Chucky or Coulthurst. Yeah, while I was in London. So my, my memory of those players isn't, isn't uh, from personal experience. And racing through our normal agenda because we want to make time for Phil King. The uh, X goals this week. Good to see Jamie Reed on target for Mansfield. Excellent. They beat Oldham 3-2. Scott Rendell scored twice. He got uh, one for Maidstone against Eastbourne and one for Maidstone against Hungerford. Good so he's stuff. He's got his shooting boots on. Yep. 
Uh, Aidan O'Brien got one of Sunderland's O'Brien. two and a 2-0 win over Port Vale. Of course, uh, Lee Johnson's in charge at of Sunderland. Of course, yeah. Well, we've got a couple, there's another connection there. And Josh Labadee, interestingly, watched he's captain, a, yeah. captain of Newport, isn't he? Yeah, now? no, I watched the game um, and he did well. He was strong, you know, a uh, good player. I, another another player who was at the club when I was, when I was working in London and Cambridgeshire. Uh, and I missed out on seeing them. It was kind of a, a, a bit of a, a controversy over him, wasn't there? He had a little bit of a difficult time um, yeah. at Torquay. I think uh, you know things were not quite right for him. It did nothing quite gelled at Torquay. But it's good that he's gone on. He's played for Newport for a long time. Yeah, I didn't realise he was there to be honest. But uh, yeah, it's good to see him. Play. Uh, and then he looks, he looks a leader for them he uh, in he that game. He was he certainly one yeah, the leader on the pitch for them. He scored his penalty in the shootout against yeah. Brighton, but of course Brighton prevailed. It was the one of the worst penalty shootouts I've seen in a long time. <laughs> the penalties were atrocious. Um, I well, think I think two they they scored two each. I think in before it went to sudden death. Uh, it was yeah. it was poor. Pretty grim, but that actually sets us up very very neatly then to segue into the interview with Phil King because it's a penalty. Uh, for Aston Villa against Inter Milan at uh, Phil King. One of his claims to fame, um, the picture that you'll see that's heading off the uh, the podcast article online is Phil King's famous celebration after he scored that penalty. Uh, as I say, came to Torquay in July 1986, departed again um, before the, uh, the Brim game. He departed in February 1987, went on to have an illustrious career with Swindon, Sheffield Wednesday, Aston Villa, and others uh, now runs a pub called the Dolphin in Swindon, which sadly, of course, as with all pubs, is uh, unable to welcome visitors at the moment. But Phil, uh, Phil found time for a chat with us this morning. So uh, for the rest of the podcast, um, enjoy our chat with uh, an ex-Plainmore hero. Yeah, absolutely. OK, uh, Phil King, thank you very much for joining us on the end of the line. You're, um, you're at the Dolphin in, in Swindon. Yes, um, well, hello guys, how people are listening, yeah, at the Dolphin in Swindon, just not open, obviously, guy, with the restrictions, but... Uh, no, of course. Most mornings. Strange, uh, strange times we live in, aren't oh, they? God. But um, you, you, you're sounding well, well Phil, are you keeping okay through all this? Yeah, I mean, I have to say, that the hardest part of me, the government have been great, um, my brewery have been fantastic, uh, it's just the mental side, guy, you know, yeah. when you're used to, you know, a pub, a football, you know, playing in front of crowds, and the kind of atmosphere was replaced by the pub, um, doing things at Swindon Town Football Club and the hospitality, comparing events to nothing. Yeah. It kind of, uh, that's, that's the struggle, but... It is strange. Not necessarily everyone's in the same boat, so we've just got to get on with it. It's true. We don't kind of miss all these things until we can't do them anymore, do we? And it's and, correct, and suddenly yeah. you realise... But Phil, yeah. th- uh, thanks for joining us. Obviously, we were we were put in touch because you're um you're you're a, a Torquay United old boy from going you're going back to July 1986 now, isn't it? Since uh, wow. since you signed for us, <laughs> it's a long, long time ago. <laughs> yeah, um, obviously from school I went to Exeter um, yeah. on an apprenticeship, and then come the end of that, I mean I was I was young. I, I had a uh, partner at the time, wife at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, we were seventeen. We had a child. We, you know, it was it was uh, it wasn't planned. One of those things, and uh, we got married. And actually, didn't really offer me a contract, although they were making noises. So yeah. Stuart Morgan just rang me and said, "Look, King, I want you to come down here." And I said, "No problem." Went down, signed, and then it was it, it, one of them days where it was set at a tribunal. 
Okay, because um, it was set. We we paid three thousand pounds for you, didn't we, at the time, which was um, you know, it, it, Torquay were a little bit on their uppers <laughs> then, weren't they? Um, well, what, what happens is you go to the tribunal and you sit in front of the tribunal, and then Exeter put their case, Torquay put their case. You speak to me, and the, the tribunal set three thousand pounds. Yeah, and then another another three thousand pounds after twenty five games, and <laughs> Mark Gardner and Alan McLaughlin. Yeah. In um, no, that was a bit later on. So, and then uh, three thousand pounds after twenty five games. So that was the deal. So that's three grand up front, and then yeah. twenty five games. And, and obviously, you know, then you sign, you, you're playing, you're playing well. I mean, I, I, I was playing left wing at the time. I think I scored three or four goals. Yeah, attracting a bit of interest from from higher up. Um, yeah, so it was uh, it was a bit of a strange one when Sue Morgan called me, and I think I can't remember who we were playing the following day. Yeah. He says, oh, I can't, can't play you tomorrow, Phil. And I was like, what have we done, Gaffer? I've been, I've been star man, you know. Two and a couple of... And he said, don't believe it. It's nothing to do with your performance level. We said, we ain't got £3,000 to pay extra. <laughs> so you, so um, you got to 24 games and no more. Correct. Um, <laughs> and he said, we just can't afford to pay extra of the 3000 I said, oh, what happens now then? Yeah. He said, well, even Pleak's been on the phone at Spurs. Um, you're going up there... Um, they've, they've organised a game behind closed doors against Charlton for you. Mm-hmm. You know uh, that was a time when Vinny Samways, uh, Neil Ruddock, Sean Close, you know, all them Paul Moran were, were apprentices. So you're going up there for a, a game there. They're really yeah. keen on you. So I was like, oh wow. So um, off I go the following day. Um, I just remember walking through the training facilities and I went, old pair of Winfield specials that you got from Woolworths <laughs> at four ninety nine. <laughs> I mean, you, you're, you're a modest fellow, Phil, but you were pretty hot property then. If you know you were turning heads at White Hart Lane, and you know, obviously, the, some of the scouts had been to see you during what was mm. a pretty dreadful season for Torquay, wasn't it? Yes, um, it was a struggle, and you're right. It was um, there was quite a lot of interest, but I mean, the facility we didn't we didn't have nowhere to train. I think we, we used to train in a local park at Torquay, and then yeah. I think there was a local um, sort of basketball court we could play five a side on. There was, the facilities weren't great. Um, the budget was zero virtually. Um, yeah. Good set of lads down there at the time. Obviously, Jim McNichol, Oily, uh, Mario Walsh, and a few Tom Kelly, I think, was there. At the top. You know, so some good lads. Um, yeah. But it was always a struggle. So um, I think some investment, maybe, of me going um, would help. And I think I went on loan for a month to Swindon. Yeah. And then I think it kept, became... There was a deal made. No one really knows the exact amount. There's been figures of 155, there's figures of 25, and figures of 12 and a half grand. Plus yeah. Mark, Mark Gardner 
and Alan McLaughlin the other way. Yes. As, yeah. as a loan, I think Mark was permanent, but Alan was a loan deal, I think. Um, so that's how that's how that came about. <laughs> do you still it keep? Happened, yeah. Do you still keep in touch with any of the lads? I mean, Mario Walsh is still local to you up there, isn't he? Mario, I spoke to Mario last week. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, Mario's um, still local. So if you ever need a number, I've got a number. If I can fall on to you, you know, after this, and oh, uh, right. he, I spoke to him, and he's uh, he's doing all right. He's had a few personal struggles with um, loss loss of his mum and bits and pieces, but um, you know, he's he's a, he's a survivor. Yeah. Um, so oh, he's about locally, and obviously Alan McLaughlin, I see, although he was only a lone player. Um, yeah. Paul Compton, I've seen it a couple of games. I think Paul was doing a bit of scouting for I think Southampton. I think. Okay. Can't yeah. remember, but um, apart from that, you, you know, if you see them, it's like any club you've been at. If you see the lads you play with, it's like never been apart. Really? But yeah. You still yeah. got your lives to lead and live yeah. in your own sort of bubble, personal bubble kind of thing. So I mean, from you obviously had a, a really good time at Swindon, played over a hundred games for Swindon. You played England under twenty ones when you were at Swindon, didn't you? England. No, um, I went from to Swindon yeah. and with Lou Macari. And obviously things progressed then. Um, I never missed a game then for the next two and a half, so three seasons. Again, got fitness levels at Swindon. We were like the running club. It was ridiculous. Our fitness <laughs> levels were so, so high under Luna Kari, yeah. which benefited me long term. You don't realise at the time, you moan and you groan about what you're doing. But as, as I progressed and interest grew, and I remember um, Lou went to West Ham the following season, Ozzy mm-hmm. called me in, a bit like Chalky, and said, Phil, we need to raise some funds. Yeah. Um, the club's in a bit of a situation. I've agreed a £450,000 move plus some add-ons for you with Sheffield Wednesday. And I was like, yeah. wow, this has just come out of the blue. So, again, Thursday morning, went to meet Big Ron in Cheltenham. Yeah. Um, sat with him, and I, I signed there and then. Uh, I'd just gone over, we played Brighton away on the Wednesday, so I, I went over on the ankle, I was struggling. So I, I remember going up on the Friday morning, Sheffield, yeah, and uh, on the treatment table with the England physio then called Alan Smith. He said, "You, you can't play tomorrow, kid. You know, no chance." And with oh, that, no. the doors were yeah. open. Big, yeah. big, big Ron comes in, looks at me, says, "What's the, what, what's the verdict?" Alan said, "Not, not a chance for tomorrow, Gaffer." Ah, can you do you want to play tomorrow? I said, yes, Mr. Atkinson. <laughs> 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 and, um, I played against Forest away, and we won one 0 and it was at the start of some real, although. I mean, he signed John Sheridan, he signed Roland Nilsson, Danny Wilson, John Harks, David Hurst there, Nigel Pearson, we had to call him Palmer, there's some real, real good players. Um, found, a great, got, found a great picture this morning, it's from the Sheffield Wednesday website of you and John Sheridan with um, with Big Ron when you first signed yeah. on, which is, you've oh, obviously okay. seen that one, but it's, a, yeah, it was it was a good side then, wasn't it, Sheffield Wednesday? Oh, brilliant, brilliant side, but we, I mean, when I went, we had six points from 12 games, mm. And uh, we got into a position where, I think from memory, we needed about one, sort two points from our last seven or eight games. And, and Luton had to win sort of five out of six, five out of seven to, to stay up. We ended up, I think, losing and not gaining the points we needed. And they, they gained the points they needed. So we went down. Um, and to make it worse, Sheffield United got promotion into the first division, which is now the Premier League. Yeah, pain, so painful times. Yeah. Oh, I can still see the fans on the, on the, uh, the cop crying. Now, as I'm speaking to you, it's, it's yeah. horrendous. Um, Big Ron sat us down. Yeah. He said, look, we're building something here. What do you think, lads? And every player said, we totally agree. And everybody they could have gone. You know, Sheridan's World Cup internationals, you know, they all could have gone. Mm-hmm. But we didn't. We stuck together. And the following season culminated in promotion and a League Cup final appearance against 
Manchester United, which we won one nil. That um, must... I picked up an England B cap on, on it was England B, not twenty ones on the on the way as well. So it was all good. That um, that League Cup final must have been quite an occasion. Manchester United in their pomp and um, Sheffield Wednesday doing a, a very very good job on them. Yes, well they were. Uh, I think they were second or third in League Division One Premier League, and we were in the league below. So you kind of felt it was a case of they just had to turn up. Brian Robson, you know, and all the players they had at the time, Mark Hughes and stuff. And you think, but we were we had some good players. I think they underestimated us a little bit. Yeah. Um, good game. Sold out, and the fans were just incredible. Uh, John Sheridan scored the goal, and we won one 0 and it was it was deserved one 0 Yeah, and um, yeah, it was it was it's, it's something you got on your CV that never goes away. You know, I played in a cup final a couple of seasons later against Arsenal, got beat, and it's it's certainly not the same feeling. No, no. Um, you, after Sheffield Wednesday, you went to Aston Villa. Yeah, I kind of was. What happened with the Sheffield Wednesday? Trevor Francis took over from Ron. Ron went to Villa. Mm-hmm. And he offered me a contract at the time, a three-year extension. And I felt that the money, it's my only regret, to be honest, going football, the money wasn't justified being first choice compared to some players who weren't playing in the reserves and probably would never play for Wednesday. Mm. Earning more. But Trevor was adamant that was it, that was it. So we were a bit of a standoff. Then I ended up um, snapping the cruciate ligament. Yeah, which you, was, yeah. was horrendous. Um, so I was out for a while and I was on the, then I went on to week to week and I never really recovered from that situation until the, the summer of 94 yeah um, when I thought to myself look you, you know you've got to sort yourself out mate you can't go on like this forget what's happened let's get yourself fit you know I trained all summer on my own um, and then come we got back in and so I just remember Trevor said Big Ron's offered 250,000 for you to go to Aston Villa and I thought Wow, you know, I didn't really, I, I love Sheffield. Yeah. Um, and the chairman, when I was leaving, said, what are you going for? I said, well, we'll I think they offered the, the, the money. He said, you're joking, that was over. I would give it out of my own pocket. The fans love you. What, you know, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And I think he said, well, the deal's done a bit too late now. So I went to Aston Villa with Big Ron. And uh, I just remember walking into the car park. Doug Ellis come to meet me, the, the chairman. Yeah. Um, he said, hello, Phil. I said, oh, Mr. Chairman, he said, we finally got our man. And I looked at him, I said, what do you mean, Mr. Chairman? You've got, you don't, you know. He said, well, we offered 650,000 for you just over 18 months ago. Good, good, um, yeah. When Ron, when Ron came here, I said, did you? He said, yeah. I said, well, no agents, guy, you just don't get to hear things no. like that. He so said, did... well, we've got you to 250 now. I think we've got a bit of good business there. <laughs> so that was the first introduction to, um, to Doug Ellis. It was a kind of a different era then, Phil, wasn't it? I mean, you're looking at the era immediately before the money just went through the roof and the agents yeah. took over and the TV took over. You, 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 I mean, I know the money wasn't fantastic, but it was a, it was a different age in English football, wasn't it? Oh, without doubt. I mean, Swindon, I think, you know, we were on £7 a point. You move on to Sheffield Wednesday, I think I was on £600 a week. Yeah. Um, and under pound a win, you know. Um, I think I paid two, I more in bonuses in two seasons at Wednesday than I did in, in wages. Moved on to Villa Park, Big Ron, sort of gave me a contract that warranted where I was at in my career. He knows what I can do, but I've been injured. I want to see it. I want you to produce it for me. Then we'll, we'll talk. Mm-hmm. So you never really earn, I never really earn big money. And people always say to me nowadays, I bet you regret, bet you regret not earning, you know, if you, you were sort of, there was Stuart Pearce for England first choice, Tony Dorigo, then myself, Julian Dix. Yeah. So we were you were on the cusp of 
full international, you know. So nowadays you're probably talking, I don't know, 40, 50, 60 grand a week. Absolutely. For your, you know, so but I always say, I wouldn't have met the people in my life now. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So if you'd have earned that sort of money, your, your, your path would have taken a different path. Yeah. Your, your life would have taken a different path. So I wouldn't have been sat in the pub and then. I wouldn't have mm. met the people that come in the pub. I wouldn't have met the people outside the pub in Swindon, you know, f- f- friends in Swindon. It's, so you can always look and say, well, financially, yeah, maybe you'd have been in a bigger house, yeah. better car, you know, more money in the bank. But, you know, would you have had the same people that you socialise with on the weekends or when you can? Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think you've got to look at positives and say, well, I'm, I'm well proud of what I achieved in football. Yeah, um, and I'm also well proud of the family and friends and network that I've got surrounding me now. So um, it's, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a tough question. But it's a difficult one to answer because you don't know. Do you know what I mean? But no. the money they get paid is Back at Villa, Phil, obviously you, you wrote a little piece of uh, Aston Villa history for yourself with that mm. penalty that beat Inter Milan, which I've just watched again on um, on yeah. YouTube, by the way. And I, I imagine <laughs> you uh, you ration yourself and watch it once every 10 years or something. But... Oh, it's on speed dial, guys. It's on speed dial. <laughs> um, it was a strange one, really, because when you know, he sat me down, he said, look, King, I know what you can do. You've been injured. You're coming in as an understudy to Steve Staunton, full Republic of Ireland international. Great player. He yeah. said, but... I know what you can do. Just go, just go and enjoy yourself. As it turned out, I was on the on the bench, uh, Everton away the first game, and Steve pulled his hamstring. Yeah. So I came on. Uh, we were two 0 down. I, I set up the first goal and I took a corner. Got flipped on at the near post. But the second goal, we drew two two. Next game I started. Next game I started. And the headlines sort of saying, "Wow, two hundred and fifty grand must be the best signing since Paul McGrath." Yeah. You know, and I'm thinking, "Wow, Paul McGrath, God." Yeah. You know, it, it, it was all going well. And, the year before they, they finished second, they probably should have won the league the year before they finished second and qualified for Europe. So the draw was done and we drew into Milan. Yeah. We said, oh, God. We wanted into Milan in the first round of the UEFA Cup. Um, so I just remember we flew over there, um, stayed in Milan, we played in the San Siro, um, got beat 1 0. Mm-hmm. Guy called Ruben Sosa scored the goal. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, then we walked back to Villa Park and Villa Park was absolutely rocking. It's you know, it's one of the memories that stands out. The atmosphere was electric. I mean, they had Dennis Bergkamp, yeah. goalkeeper Gianluca Pagliuca was a record goalkeeper, 6.5 million, I think, full international. Mm-hmm. Um, Fonsalan, Ruben Sosa, uh, it, was, it was full of world-class stars. Um, but we had a good team. Yeah. And Ray, Ray Hagen, former Republic of Ireland, Liverpool player, he scored the first 1-0. Yeah. And final whistle came and went, extra time came and went, right, down the penalties. So, big Ron in his infinite wisdom calls us in, right, that's what we're going to do. We hadn't practised anything, you know, didn't we? Who was going to take him off? <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't have a list or anything? No, nothing. Okay. He right, looked around us and uh, who wants one? So, Gary Parker said, I'll have one. Uh, Steve Staunton said, I'll have one. Andy Townsend, I'll have one. And all of a sudden, you're looking around and everyone's sort of, he said, King, you want, do you want the fourth? <laughs> and I looked at him I said um, Gaffer can I have the fifth I thought sometimes they're all done and dusted by then and I might not even have to take one yeah. um, he said okay yours the fifth uh, the fourth guy, guy Whittingham yeah, yeah well, Gaffer I'll have the fourth so that's how it went obviously scored and they scored and they so got to the and they miss and then Guy Whittingham stepped up and he misses yeah. Ruben Sosa stepped up and he smashes it against the crossbar so now I'm the fifth penalty taker to go up against Inter Milan 
their number one, six and a half of record goalkeeper in the world, put us through to the next round against Inter Milan. Yeah. You know, so you can imagine, can you? You're thinking, my God. Um, <laughs> and I made up my mind walking up. I thought, I'm going to look to the keeper's right, my left, and I'm going to smash it straight down the middle. It's a beautiful penalty, Phil. I've just watched it this morning. It's a, you know, it, it's absolute confidence. You really smashed that ball. Yes, I knew what I was going to do. And, you know, even to this day, um, you still get re- remembered by the Villa fans. I think I played 20, I think about 25 starts and two subs at Villa. Yeah. And you think to yourself, that really isn't enough. I mean, you've got to make 300 plus appearances at any club to be really classed as a bit of a legend or a bit of a you know a name. But it's amazing that the, the feedback you get from yeah. the, the supporters because of that moment. I, I had a guy only messaged me six months ago to say um, when he's ever in a dark place in his life, he's had a few with you know personal breakups and what we're going through now. He always puts that penalty on and that game and that penalty and it brings him back into positivity. That's fabulous, so, and that's what football can do, isn't it? Amazing. I, I was I did a podcast for Swindon yeah. the other night, and um, I, I feel it. My mental health. I, I struggle not seeing people, mm-hmm. and I always say, you know, if you, if you get a, a, a bit of a down moment, go on social media if you got it, or go on the technology and remember something what you enjoy watching. I, I watched David Beckham score the equaliser. I think it was against Turkey, and we yeah. we, we were out, and he scored in three minutes of overtime to put us through to the World Cup. You know, and I, I came out of there on a high buzz and thinking, wow, what a, what a moment that must have been, you know. So there's moments in people's lives you can look back on or, mm. or phone a friend or ring a, ring a colleague or, or use your social media. If you haven't got technology, then you can pick up the phone. It's so important going yeah. now to do stuff like that. And if, if my penalty can, can sort of bring people around and, and stop them doing anything silly or, or take them out of the depression, then uh, I'm, I'm chuffed a bit with that. That's great. And on a lighter note, wasn't there a bloke about to get your face tattooed on him or something in, in honour of that penalty? <laughs> yes. Yeah. In, a, in a rather delicate place. He was going to get a tattooed on his bum. <laughs> and uh, I managed to track the kids down and said, no, don't do that. You know, if you're going to get it done, let's get it done somewhere, you know, like on an arm or, or you know, something. And he said, oh, it was just tongue in cheek. But he, again, he said that moment is one of the fondest moments of his Villa career. You got a conference uh, promotion with Kidderminster as well, didn't you? A little, a little bit further down the line, which is is obviously what Torquay are after this season. Yes, I went. Um, obviously, when uh, Swindon came along, I went back to Swindon from Villa. Mm-hmm. I've been out eighteen months with a cruciate ligament knee injury, and um, I was struggling. And I went, and I was, I was overweight, unfit. Um, you, you think you can go back to your former club and just be a bit 
because you're a bit of an icon there, and it, it just didn't work for me. Um, so I, I struggled with injuries, and yeah. uh, it came to a point where I, last last sort of chance, and I went to Liverpool and stayed there for two or three weeks, trying to get some some strength and fitness, you know, in, into my body. Um, came out of there, and I, I heard from Kevin Ratcliffe at Chester. Went up there for a week, and they were really in a poor state. You know, I think they had one player signed on a full term contract. The day before the first opening game of the season, it was it was in the right mess. Mm. Um, and he pulled me and said, "Look, yeah, Mob is after you, Kidderminster." So I went down and trained. Yeah, and yeah, it was one of my heroes in Liverpool. I, oh, I, what a player! Was, yeah. Oh, in training, I, I, he was incredible. Yeah. Um, so I signed. I got to give me a two-year deal. Um, that year we got promotion, and I was involved in twenty-four games. I just started as a sign coming off as a sub, or as a sub coming off. And even to this day, I, I use Jan. He's a, he's a real good after dinner speaker. Yeah. So I use I use Jan um, for my for getting down for me down at the football club. Yeah. And he always remembers. He said, "King, you, you know, you didn't play out every game for me." He said, "But your involvement off the pitch, in the dressing room, the humour, the chat, keeping lads focused, keeping them positive." He said, "You were worth you were worth every moment that you were at the club." You know. So um, that's it, good. That's, coming yeah. from him, it was uh, it meant a lot. So. So yes, and, that, and then I took obviously went into the pub trade guy then, so yeah. it was kind of the end. So I mean, the, the, you're obviously um, very fond of the dolphin. It's uh, you know you've been there quite a while now, haven't you? Yeah, been here since uh, 2001. Yeah. Um, so going into the 20th year this year. Um, and you're still very much a, you're still involved a little bit at Swindon Town. You still do a little bit up there. Yeah, uh, the pub I've got is very much a spit and sawdust pub and great mm-hmm. lads. Um, and I also work on a match day. And run the hospitality there. Um, compare, we you know you introduce some match sponsors, do a little bit of a quiz for a couple of fun games. Yeah, being great, take take them on a stadium tour. Um, and then downstairs in the big room, I do host um, sporting dinners for local charities and stuff. Yeah. Like we've had, I mean, last year we had Sunes Keegan. The year before, actually, Sunes Keegan. You know, and then you have Mulvies, uh, Paul Merson's. Ray Parlors. We've had about I've done about forty down there. So um, it, it, for those sort of things, going well. Yeah. Um, so from that, from doing all that to nothing is very hard. Indeed, I can so, imagine. Uh, do, do you still play at all, Phil? Does your knee allow you to get out and kick around with yeah, a, a pub team or no, anything? I, I used to play for the Aston Villa All Stars, which is the Derby Second Sunday for charity. Yeah. I was I was travelling ninety miles in the Carford go and the hamstring and thigh. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I just it was just soul destroying. So. Um, I've, I've done it, but I think I played in the Aston Villa the indoor one at Masters, I think it was called. Um, and I ended up pulling my calf at that. So I, I just said to myself, look, your body's bad enough. <laughs> it, te- it tells you eventually, I suppose, when you've put it through what you've put it through as a pro footballer, then I suppose your body does tell you, um, you know, when the time has come. Yeah, and I think um, I was ne- I always loved tr- just to play. Yeah. You know, when it was a case of rehabilitation, like now, with the money they earn now, I could sort of say to you, I say, guy, I'll tell you what, there's a thousand, two thousand pounds a week. You get me fit. Do not let me slip for one minute of one day for seven days a week. I want to get back on that pitch. Whereas yeah. when I played, the, the physio would give you a program, you know, for 20 minutes on a bike, this reps on that, reps on this. As soon as they went off to, to say, play Newcastle away, you go in the canteen, have a cup of tea and a biscuit, watch a good ball of Britain. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So, um, yeah. it was partly down to my, my lack of dedication that my career ended a bit too short sh- as it did because I mean players have had the cruciate ligament and come back and still play at the highest level but uh, I think I let myself down there you know I suppose if you turn the clock back you would maybe have 
know, rather than sort of wait four or five months down the line when you get a bit more mobility, you've got to do it from day one, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. So, you know, I'll give myself to blame on that aspect. Um, should have signed the contract to Chef Wed, uh, but apart from that, I mean, you're, I can tell from talking to you, you've got a smile on your face, Phil. So, you know, football hasn't hasn't been too bad uh, down the years. No, you've always got to have a smile on your face. Um, sometimes you do get down moments, but like I say, you've got to, you yeah. know, you've got to go back and try and pick something that cheers you up again. Um, you know, because uh, obviously it was, it, there's millions of people that want to do what I do. I mean, it's different now because they just see the money side of it. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, obviously playing in... Played at Wembley twice, you know, playing in the San Siro, playing against Real Madrid in the friendly, mm. you know, every Premier League ground, Old Trafford, you know, how many people would love to do that? Oh, it, everybody, hand, show of hands uh, now, yeah. yeah. Played with some great players, you know, Chris Waddles and people, you know, Trevor Francis is, and it's, it's, uh, so, when you look back, you can just say, wow, you've got to be proud of yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And do you still keep an eye out for Torquay's results? They haven't played for a few I'm, weeks, but... Uh... Yeah. <laughs> The Chris, Chris Piper, thank you very much to Chris, is the guy who put us in touch, isn't he? So cheers, Chris. He, oh, yes, yeah, Chris, yeah, the best part of his wife's not too good, but um, they're great, lovely people, well-known in Swindon. Um, big fan, he put, sort of puts in, and he, he always sort of chats with him about it. I look at Exeter, look at Torquay, look at Swindon, look at Sheffield, look at Villa results. Um, yeah. And obviously Torquay are having a good season at the moment, so long may that continue. Absolutely. Um, it's be, be nice to get them back in the Football League, to be honest, but again... You know yourself, finances and the money now. You need to just run clubs that even at League Two. It's, it's, it's unbelievable, really. Great to chat to him, Richard. What a nice guy. Yeah, Phil King's one of those players. Uh, I think I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago. Ex-players when you when I was a bit younger, who I kept an eye on after they left Torquay because they were. You know, he was playing in the, in the top flight for Sheffield Wednesday, and 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 you saw him on the telly and stuff, and. Um, you know, one of those players that went on to do do have a decent career, a decent career. Sounds sounds a lovely bloke too. And as he says there, you know, that's that's a, an era of uh, British football that's gone forever now. It's yeah. The era before the big TV money and the agents. And yeah. The, the Champions League and what it, you know, whatever else you want to lay at the door of. Uh, English football. That's that's the era just before it all kicked off. And, and good to hear that he's keeping up one of football's, um, you know, proper old school jobs, running a pub after you've retired. Which he describes himself as a spit and sawdust pub. I tell you what, Rich. As soon as we can do so, we'll go up to the Dolphin. And we'll have a pint. How's that? That that that's, that sounds great. And uh, maybe we can uh, Swindon. So maybe we can get Clark to come and join us. Absolutely. <laughs> Interesting development, now. actually. Uh, just, just, just before before we, you go, um, there has been. Uh, I saw a press release from the Swindon Speedway uh, team this week, who uh, uh, the season's not going to happen for them basically because of COVID. Um, but there was there was a, a little line in there from Clark Osborne, the press release saying that they were hoping to make a start on the Swindon. Uh, uh, speedway ground that they've been promising up there for for some some considerable time now. So so maybe yeah. maybe that's going to start to come to fruition. We'll see. I still reckon put a, if they put a new stadium up for Torquay, we should have a, a cinder track around the outside. But that's because you I'm love your speedway. Fan. Yeah, I, I I used to work in an office with with with, with uh, some some people will know the names Graham Hambly and um, and uh, Nigel Walrond. 
And if I heard a minute more about Speedway some days, I I had to leave the room. (laughs) Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week where we'll be reporting on the Boreham Wood game, looking ahead to Notts County and all the other usual old nonsense. Yep. And in in the meantime, come on, on, you yellows. yellows.